electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. S&P Nasdaq set to go positive for the week here as uh, futures are green. Bank earnings come in with pretty good results, although uh, supply chain inflation is in focus. Core PPI runs a bit cool, and we finally got jobless claims down below 300K at 293. Our roadmap begins with a first on CNBC interview with Morgan Stanley's chairman and CEO, James Gorman, topping Q3 profit expectations, posting record results in IB and asset management. Plus, the president announcing a multi-industry 90-day sprint hoping to alleviate the ongoing supply chain pain ahead of the holiday shopping season. And who is Matt Amodio, the oh my longtime God. Jeopardy champion, who's going to join us this after his 38-game winning streak came to an end, <sighs> the second longest in the game show's history, uh, ended earlier this week. We're going to talk to him about what he's going to do with uh, that over a million and a half bucks that he's got. He's going to drop that real estate rap he gave you? No, he's not. Oh, he wants darn really, it all. wants some real advice. We'll start, though, uh, with the banks. We got B of A, Citi, Wells, and Morgan Stanley to play with today. Um, of the metrics that are interesting, Jim, MS with uh, investment banking up 67 is going to make it the best of the bunch. I think that was amazing. Uh, and I know we're speaking to James, and I think, it, once again, it's just a fantastic quarter. But to me, the star of the show was Bank of America because they got expenses flat and they did 12% revenue growth. So they finally got the leverage I've been looking for. They also have very flush consumer numbers that really put the lie to all this negativity that I keep hearing that comes on our show. I mean, talking about the average American who has $500,000 having five times more net worth than, than before, 5X net worth. That's incredible. Than before what? Yeah, before the pandemic, really, yeah, five x, five x, five x, and then the people who make between uh, who have between five and ten thousand, they're up dramatically too. So, what I'm looking at is a picture of America that is much stronger than people realize. We are not a pitiful, helpless giant that a lot of people come on air and say. Uh, and I do think if I were Jamie Dimon right now, I would like to take back that credit card comment because his bank is looking like it's the anemic bank, David. Anemic. What is the anemic bank? J.P. Morgan. And you, yeah, yeah. I answered correctly. I know you yeah. did. We, yeah. you did. Yeah. Right. Or actually, I gave the correct response. No, so. I, I, I screwed up. I should have reversed it. But I would say that this is what J.P. Morgan should actually be up more than beat down four yesterday. But I, I am blown away. City was great. Wells is a conference call because you never know what Charlie Sharp's going to say is a wild card. But he did buy back more stock than anybody thought he would. Uh, but when you look at Bank of America, it's a growth stock. And you look at Morgan Stanley, maybe it's not a bank. Maybe it's a sticky wealth management company that deserves a very different price earnings multiple. Although capital markets, like it has been for all of these banks, was very strong for Morgan Stanley, as Wolf reported earlier. I mean, they are particularly weighted towards equities. They had a very strong quarter there. We will speak to James Gorman about that when he joins us a little later in the program. Uh, But it's not as though they didn't benefit enormously from that continued wave of activity in capital markets that has now gone on for way longer than many people anticipated. You know, SPACs are incredible. Everybody's doing them and then they're not, but then something replaces that. And uh, fixed income had been incredibly strong. We still see so many IPOs. Jim, it has been a very good period. Yes, it has. But what I'm saying is is that it's absurd that Morgan Stanley still has a 13, well, 12 multiple. They're not a bank. They are a wealth advisor that happens to have a lot of good other stuff. M&A. Mm-hmm. I, I'm standing by this, David. I hear you. No, they, he, without a doubt, he has changed the profile of well, that, of that they, they company be, over the last volatile. five to ten years. Remember it used to be episodic the, and volatile? With, now it feels like kind of a just... Obviously, he bought E-Trade at a great time, uh, as it turned out. Should it get a Procter uh, & Gamble mobile? Vance, an important deal for them as well. Should, it, should the multiple switch? Procter & Gamble sells 24 times earnings. They're challenged in every single, whether it be supply chain, whether it be raw costs, whether it be what's going on in distribution in supermarkets. They have a 24 multiple. 
Okay, Morgan Stanley comes along with a consistent positive uh, narrative. They have a 12 multiple. What's wrong with this picture? I think that this shows you that we are paying too much for the classic growth stocks that used to also depend on China being good and plastic being down, and raw costs being down, and distribution being down. And we're not paying enough for these companies that have consistently shot the lights out like Morgan Stanley. Uh, now, as for the other banks, um, you mentioned credit cards, which got smacked a bit yesterday on, yes. on the net revenue rate at JPM. As I mean, all of them, Amex and Capital One, it's getting more competitive, is it not? Yeah, but I think Amex, uh, Steve Squarey is uniquely focused on small, medium-sized businesses. And even though that now, see, that stock is an 18 multiple, but he's done a remarkable job. Now, you see that small business, whatever stuff. A lot of people feel that all there's so many cynics, Carl. I am begging for people to be less cynical for a few minutes. That Steve Squarey has done two things. One, he has made it so that there is absolutely a small business component that has done well. It's not just Square, David. And then the second is younger people want to have a card. Who would have thought? No. But what? I wonder. What? Do younger what people mean? want to hey, have a card? Yes, I, they do. I'm, I have a question for you. I won't. Uh, it's just a regular question. I won't do it Jeopardy style. Uh, this buy now, pay later. Uh, the affirms of the world, the Klarna, the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the afterpay, which, of course, was bought it. by Square. Is that it's growing enormously. Is it starting to be a threat to the old credit card companies okay, that he, are charging you 18 percent? OK, so and that's what Max Levchin wants from a firm uh, belief that, look, if there was transparency, then these banks might much. I look, do I want to own Capital One as much? I think Capital One's going to have a great quarter. Uh, what I would say is, is that buy now, pay later. While it is exciting to some of the more youthful managers, and certainly if you're Macy's, you want to buy now, pay later, then, then you graduate to your own credit card. Uh, it's, it's beneficial to the merchants, right? I think they pay, what, a 3% really fee? But, I mean, they're, no, selling, uh, you know, they're selling a $100 shirt but, that somebody's paying for in $25 increments over four. People are willing to pay anything for a firm, and they're willing to pay nothing for J.P. Morgan. Do you think that's right? No, but to the extent that these credit card businesses are incredibly profitable... You do wonder over a period of time as these buy now, pay later grows enormously and particularly because of its appeal to the younger generation, right. whether it's not a threat to their business. Well, I mean, a lot of people have been selling down MasterCard, which is owned by my charitable trust, and Visa thinking that buy now, pay later is a threat. And those are very different. They have very different business models. They're not they're not competing. They're a middleman that, that takes a nice vig. You want to be them. There's a lot of misinterpretation about buy now, pay later being. Like when you ask a CEO about in bank, what do you think about buy now, pay later? Because, yeah, you like to talk about that, don't you? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, we're in yeah. an environment, to your point, where the household balance sheet is better than yeah. it's been in generations. And that's the, that's the positive story. That I mean, look, there's a guy on from the, the Long, Long Beach port, okay, today. Mm-hmm. It, is he a threat? Is that really a threat to America when you've got the amount of money? that individuals have in this country and how great it is, and the freedom that it's giving them to be able to see what, be what they want to be. And by or, the way... Or to quit their job or to To move, move. to yeah. Texas if they work for in California. Now, you may say, and I'm, I'm a traditionalist, I think you should go to work six days a week and sleep in your, in your suit. Yes. Those days are probably out, I don't know, maybe... you're a little out of step. Going with the wind. I think you're a little but, out of step. That's but another I, question for Gorman. Yeah. We'll see if he's changed but, his stance. Totally, yeah. But I, I actually think that, it, to some degree, maybe people have reassessed their lives. They've had near-death experiences. We had a long COVID article today. Uh, half the people, of uh, the, uh, the 20 million people out there have long COVID. People are trying to reevaluate what they're doing with their life. I hate to be re- really ethereal and, and, and you know, cosmo, cosmic. You know, I don't want to be. It's okay. You can be. Occasionally, you're known for, for deep thought. Not, not often. People were shocked when I went that. Introspection, I, I don't know. It occasionally will happen Jimmy to Jimmy Chill. Yeah. But maybe there's a, a pause in America where people are really thinking about their lives as opposed to, just try to, you know, say, listen, I'll do whatever I've been doing for a long time. Right. And, you know, we do these things about where's workers. And the more I talk to CEOs who are hard-nosed guys, what they'll say to me is, Jim, you are out of step. You have to understand, people, a lot of people died. A lot of people almost died. And they've decided to reassess their lives. And I'll say, like, reassess what? I was once in a plane, plane that crashed, it crashed landing. And everyone was praying, you know, holding hands and stuff. And I was typing away. At one point, this steward said to me, "Tweet one last time." Yeah, steward said to me, "Do you understand that this is a life or death situation?" I said, "Look, if we live, my my stuff's going to be late, and if we die, who cares?" And that okay. attitude is no longer relevant. Okay, and what does that have to do with the PPI in China? I am talking about how the people in America are flush, 
and that's giving them an opportunity to do things. So therefore, they're not showing up at their Federal Express job where what they do is this four million times. That's done. Why are you not even... Why can't you get existential with me for one second? It's too early in the morning. Let, let me give you a sort. It's you ever read any sort? No, not really. Sort. You, you, you drink Camus, but only, you don't know Camus. I only read it in the original French. <laughs> um, well, uh, that balance sheet at the household and the corporate levels having implications something. on inflation, People too. People are thinking their lives differently, Carl. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get to a lot of it. We'll talk to James Gorman about those issues and a lot more. There's a ton of interesting calls today on AT&T, on Bed Bath, Tesla, uh, UPS, Netflix. We're going to get to all of it with futures looking pretty good here. Squawk on the streets back in a moment. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Today we have some good news. They're going to help speed up the delivery of goods all across America. But now we need the rest of the private sector chain to step up as well. And if the private sector doesn't step up, we're going to call them out and ask them to act. That's the president speaking yesterday about his push to solve the problem of supply chain bottlenecks. Uh, Meantime, slightly tamer than expected wholesale inflation data out in the past hour. PPI up uh, half a point uh, in September, up two-tenths when you strip out food and energy. We were looking for five-tenths on core as well. Uh, Interesting, Jim, a lot of the papers in the U.K. today have the same headline about the rush to save Christmas. It's a a global picture. It is a global picture, but we are in better shape than people realize what we have is a failure of imagination and technology out there. Uh, now, I have someone who is on, uh, uh, someone who runs a private company came on my show last week and took pictures of the ports on Saturday. Almost nothing worth it. The idea that they're not doing a six-day week, let alone 24-7, is really kind of scandalous. This was all well known. The fact that we had to wait this long to have this happen, David, is shameful. Well, what about this argument that we heard on our air made by somebody from who runs the Los Angeles port to, I think, an interview with Jane Wells, that that there's not the capacity to take the goods away once they're unloaded? That, that, is that when not I, true? I, when I, Union that's Pacific not actually a... I mean, this is he said, she said, but I mean, Union Pacific I one, know. Union Pacific will say, look, you know, we'll take it if they give it. I mean, you know, this is like if, if I said to you, David... Look, I will do something if you do something. And right. you say, well, Jim, I'll do it if you do it. But then we don't do it. So you need to have someone uh, break the log, Jim. I'm saying that it, should, it could have been broken months ago. Everybody knew this. Better late than never? Is it contingent on an infrastructure bill? Oh, God, I hope or not. Has, has, has it's it has contingent to do upon with that? having someone that I was mentioned, like a Bill McDermott from ServiceNow, a, a, a Neil Bush, anyone who has from work, to, anyone who has any tech, there's no technology. These guys are living... 
in a world, I swear, where people are just writing things down. They're writing things down. They don't know. I'm not kidding. You see, they, you know, it's you like, see, hey, let's like, put that down. Ooh, that's one, two, three, four, cross. One, two, th- I mean, honestly. So it's an IT issue. It is an IT and, issue. And, and how about labor? As we have a strike at Deere and well, disputes at Kellogg and the, look, they see the, They see the profits and how much people have made in stocks. And I think they're saying, look, we want our fair share. Yeah. I, it's hard to. We've got an Evercore downgrade of Deere. You may have just seen that as well. Uh, to hold from... Uh, Outperforming well, you know, because of the strike, but the you know, uncertainty but, around the duration. And, and how about corn? How about corn collapsing? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we all, I mean, yes, last week, Kraft Heinz, it, it, frankly, is which is a crummy company, okay? There, I said it. It is. I like cheese whiz on my, on my Gino steak. Okay, so I recommend Kraft Heinz. Whiz, said that whiz. every whiz whiz. Every single commodity is up. And then corn collapses. I mean, come on. The negativity must stop right now. Yeah. Uh, J.P. Morgan today, early signs that shipping costs have peaked, uh, but disruptions may continue in large part because companies are going to precautionary orders, put those in, and that's going to keep these things elevated maybe through Q4. Liner board collapsing in price. Plastics coming down big in price. But weren't these supposed to be part of the problem? Now they're part of the solution. Okay, so now commodity prices start to come down a bit, although energy prices are not. They've peaked. Uh, I know. You're making this call. They I am. I'm out there. I know you are. I don't care. That's good. I See, I, what I like I about care, that is I'm going to be right. I'll, I'll try and remember a few months from now, and Carl you, will remind no, me if I'll, I don't, and we'll see if you're right or not. I have the longest streak of I, – I almost – as long a streak of being right on energy as Matt Amodio was right in Jeopardy. And that was some streak. It was a good streak. Uh, well, we'll see, because that's certainly going to become an additional cost for people heading into the winter. We know that. Natural gas is a lot higher than it was a year ago. Okay, okay, okay. Well, how about if you're, fu- you're five times as flush, your natural gas is... I mean, Brian Moynihan, he has a lot more divisions than the natural gas companies. David, you're going to have to get a lot better positive. here than in Europe. That's you're gonna for have sure. To, yes, you're going to have to get a little more positive. If you're going to really? sit in that chair. Really? Positive. All right, got to read some Sartre. Um, you don't pronounce it R-E. You don't. Sart. I'll start there. Sart. 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 I got to yeah. read some Sart. Rhymes with Jamie Tart. <laughs> uh, coming up, we're going to get a special Jeopardy edition of the Mad Dash. And then later on this hour, uh, one of the most victorious champions in Jeopardy history, Matt Amodio, who won more than a million and a half in prize money. Looking forward to that. Futures do continue to look strong here as the S&P and NASDAQ are going to try to go for gains on the week. We're back in a moment. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. This is Squawk on the Street. All right, and it is now time for Kramer's Mad Dash. Of course, that was Johnny Gilbert. We are doing in honor of having Matt Amodio, 38th right. game. Who was a graduate winner. student in New Haven. He's a graduate student. Of course, he appeared, I appeared with him during my five shows that I hosted, and that's partially Many why we're having him on. were the single Nine best through 13. Host. Do you know that? Well, I appreciate that. Including, like, people who, like, could hire you. Yeah, you think yeah. so? Uh, but I don't want you to leave. But you I'm can not take, going. I'm you not take going off anywhere. A week a month, I'll cover for you. And I'm not getting hired either. But let's do it because we enjoyed this so much with the, during the week that I was hosting as well. Uh, pick your category, my friend. Uh, let's do let's do reopening for 500. All right. This industrial could turn into a butterfly. <laughs> Jeez, that's so easy. You got to be more difficult. What is caterpillar? Yes. Okay. Correct. Let me tell you something, David. That bad chart, by the way. The biggest curse, remember the Sports Illustrated course time, the biggest curse you can ever say is, is super cycle. Remember, coal was going to be in a super cycle, and then it just, and then fracking sand was in a super cycle. Well, Callum comes out today, they didn't use the term super cycle because I think they're worried about that curse. Mega cycle. Mega cycle underway. David, initiation. This is not just, I'm not making this up, by the way. This is not, not just an up cycle. David, 
It's the fourth industrial revolution Whoa. by Caterpillar. Mega cycle. They're talking about how it's the best in 14 years, maybe second best ever. You got to buy cat. You got to buy cat. Well, admittedly, this is the moment if you want to buy cat. I, I am a little more suspect. Cat is lever to the exploration and drilling of oil. And we know that that's not something that people are doing right now to keep the oil price up. China is second. I happen to think Jim Mumblebee is fantastic, but I think even he would say mega cycle. Well, what is so what is behind this when you call something a revolution? Is something new happening that hasn't happened previously? Um, Do we know or is it just saying that there's going to be a reacceleration I or think, an acceleration? I think sometimes, you know, you get it, this, it, it's one of those things where it's a kind of like new and improved. I mean, there's not the I did not find anything that really made me think that there's going to be a mega cycle. Meanwhile, do you like the stock or not? Given, yeah, I, given I like this. The, I like the stock because of the return of capital philosophy and because Humblebee's very good. I, I blanch, I blanch at the notion of a mega cycle for a company that's levered to markets that are not growing. And if we don't, I mean, not, they're not. And if we don't get an infrastructure bill, then I think that this, it stays a caterpillar or becomes a moth. Mm. A moth. A moth. Well, from Philadelphia. You sound mayor, like a New Yorker there. The mayor of Eastwood. Yeah. I told you I wanted to look. Such a crush on her. I know White didn't do. like that. No, I know. She's very jealous. She's wrong. Yeah. All right. We got a lot more for you straight ahead, of course, including that opening bell about six and a half, seven minutes from now. And longtime Jeopardy champion, Matt Amodio. Yeah, 38 games straight, won a million and a half during his run. We're going to get some advice for him from Jim about what to invest in. Then we're going to be uh, joined by Morgan Stanley's chairman and CEO, James Gorman. Talk about that quarter. That stock does look to be up when we get started with trading seven minutes from now. Keep it here. Walgreens boots alliance with a quarterly beat. The company cites a surge in demand for COVID vaccines, as well as stronger pharmacy and retail sales. Uh, Don't miss Bertha Coombs' interview with CEO Roz Brewer coming up in the next hour. Uh, Revenue up almost 13, Jim, although a lot of the headlines are watching sort of the store closures on this systemic shoplifting. Well, I know, San Francisco. I was at one where there was a robbery right in front of me. The guy pulled a knife. Everybody was fine. Okay, he gave him the money. Police were outside. They arrested him. They released him. Guy told me it was a catch and release program. Yep. It's unbelievable. So, yeah. But I will say this. Ross Brewer is the manager that that chain is needed. Ross Brewer was a brilliant manager at Starbucks. Everybody knew. She is so impressive. A lot of people felt that it's a broken company. It was a broken management and I, I bet with Ross Brewer any day. I always loved her stuff at Starbucks. And it was a big loss, but good for her. She's turning this company around. Yeah. Uh, comps up 8-1 in the U.S. Uh, we're going to talk about dominoes in a minute where comps were negative for the first time in a decade. No, I got Rich Allison on tonight. He comes in good times, bad times. We've got to find out more because uh, international's up 8, eight and change. But, yeah, I mean, I was looking for plus 1 and change for, for domestic. And uh, that's the first. That breaks a big streak. They got a Big streak of, of, of beating the, beating the uh, same, you know, same store positives. Let's find out. Let's speak to Rich. It's interesting. Rich, well, you've talked so often about their transformation. I recommended it at digital 10, I recommended it at 10 bucks when, yeah. Pat, when Patty Doyle took over. <laughs> right. And they give me special dividends. I'm the only person who calls him Patty. I don't care. And uh, frankly, this is the man, I don't, I don't know if you remember, 10 years ago, where he had those ads which compared the taste of the pizza to the, to the box. Yes. And the box won. And he was determined to make it better. <laughs> Look at that chart. He made it better. He now did. I order it. Yeah, that order it with no cheese. Chart, it's, a very, it's very few calories. Uh, Beyond Meat's going to see a little buying at the open as McDonald's has announced the McPlant. You know, the long-awaited McPlant, oh, Jim? Oh, finally. Uh, coming to eight locations, eight in November. Uh, it's Will small, Ethan be but there it's a making start. them all? Have you ever seen Ethan behind the grill? I went to, I went, I had a, rest, went to a restaurant where they caramelized the stuff. I thought it was so darn good and... Uh, Frankly, it's been a bit of a dud. This yep, yep. Bit of a dud. Major dud. Major dud. It's, it's, it's total addressable market does seem to be increasing. Well, I mean, yeah. It has more but competition. But there's a lot of people who are in this. Now, Impossible yes. Burger, which I happen to like to taste more, that is GMO. And, you know, GMO, David, the younger people, they don't like GMO. They don't like GMO. Do you know what GMO is? Uh, yes, I know what it stands for. It stands for evil... In Europe, in particular, there's a there's a resistance like to GMO. It. Yeah, they buy ugly fruit in Europe. We throw it away. You know that we throw away fruit that isn't perfect. 
Now we have a couple of companies that are trying to change that. I don't like it. I don't like it as much. I have to tell you, the only thing I, I liked less than that was ATT, but I'm, going, I'm upgrading ATT today. I'm going to talk about that after the bell. Uh, yeah, AT&T uh, gets an upgrade out of uh, KeyBank. We're going to talk about the call in a moment. First, though, the opening bell. CNBC Real-Time Exchange at the big board. It's IHS Towers, a telecoms tower company celebrating its IPO at the NASDAQ. It's GitLab, a software development platform, also celebrating an IPO. We'll talk to the CEO you later That's going to be a great interview. You've done so many great interviews. And I have to tell you, look, I always loved the 11. That's what we call it, you know, the 11, the 10. But you've had very exciting guests. Without our San Francisco office being really uh, engaged, what will happen when we're allowed to have people? Maybe because, one day you'll go. Uh, you know I, I will go. See, I have seven vaccinations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, there is a two-day FDA panel meeting today on the Moderna and J&J boosters. Uh, they're being presented, Jim, with some data out of Israel, which does show that a booster um, on the Pfizer vaccine can have impact on uh, severe illness for people as young as 40 and above. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I'm Moderna, but just because of the luck of the draw. But uh, there's there's a lot of... I'm not saying that there's false information everywhere, but I am saying that the Dr. Topols of the world seem unchanged, and I, you, get the, you get the booster. You know, there's a guy... There are so many athletes in the NFL, when you check... On the ones who've gotten COVID, almost every single one of them is double vaccinated. These are not people who didn't get vaccinated. Right. Which is a little chilly that there were that many. Well, how about uh, one Although of the White House advisors sick, today uh, tweeted that the NHL, there are four players who are not vaxxed. Not 4%, four for players. 99.5% vaccination rate in the NHL, which is, of course, largely Canadian, where they have a different view of vaccines. Yeah, the Canadians, Canadians and Eastern Europeans. They, they yeah. view it kind of like the smallpox vaccine. You know, like, hey, you, you want smallpox? It. I'd rather not have it. No, I'd rather not have it either. How, you view, how you want TB? I don't want TB. I, I mean, honestly, I mean, they're like viewing it as like, hey, you know what? I don't want measles. Do you want some measles? They're not anti-vax. They're like pro-health. To Carl's point, many of them are not. They're not Americans. <laughs> many Canadians are not Americans. <laughs> they're just not Americans. Yeah, that's so. like once when I asked the CEO. They take vaccines. I asked the CEO of Constellation when they were putting a tax on beer. I said, can you yeah. make can you make Modelo and Corona in, like, New Mexico? No. You can't. Not. Uh, meanwhile, guys, we're back at 4,400. Uh, Dow's up almost 400 alone. All sectors are green. What does it say, Jim, that you got... Both the financials and the energies, but also the text, the tech names. But are we comfortable now with the November taper? We're trying to put a bottom in. We are. Uh, there, there are a lot of people who have gotten very negative. The investor, all the polls show incredible negativity. I think there are a lot of people who feel almost an only like the Jimmy Carter era. I was going to get a cardigan sweater. Come on, or a whip inflation now button. But Gerald Ford. He used the word malaise, I believe. Malaise. Malaise. Ennui is a nicer word. Malaise. No, he used malaise. Not malaise. Oh, I go malaise. No, no, not malaise. Malaise. Helmans malaise. What do you say? How do you say? Malaise. Malaise. It's all French today. Everybody comes on. The vast majority of people come on air and they say, you know what? I am really down port strike. I'm just feeling really bad. My furniture hasn't arrived. You know, I feel bad. There's, there's people who are making more money who work for nothing for a long time. That's going to hurt us as a country. How does this happen that that's going to hurt us as a country? Shouldn't CEOs who are making billions and hedge fund managers making billions, isn't that going to hurt us as a country? No, no the, posi- <laughs> the, the positive view is that the pendulum is swinging back to labor, and yeah. it's going to, there are going to be some losers involved in that. Uh, but it's going to be those who have arguably benefited for the past well, the five 40 yacht years. people, the five yacht people, they, they might get hurt here. I don't think they're going to get hurt. Well, no, okay, they won't feel it. I am saying that that this whole notion that it's the workers that are doing better—I'd say it's America. That the vast majority of Americans are doing better now. They do have uh, raw costs to go up, but the, and the president's not been nearly uh, as vocal about championing this. Now he did praise my restaurant yesterday. He said, God bless Longshoreman. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know he knew my place. No, well, he, should come, and, he should come and try it. It's very good. It's but very I, good. I don't feel that people are giving America... We are, there's a, an element of short shrift 
where we keep mentioning these same problems. And think about it. How many people at the ports are really wrecking our country? I don't know. Let's bring in the, you know, let's bring in the, eight, the 82nd and the 101st. They'll get it done. I am tired of hearing these little, yes, Taiwan Semi yeah. only did 4% of their, of their chips for auto. We wish it were more, okay? Right. But they have to make a living, too. I just say that this market is more like what I expected. Now, we're not done because there are going to be some earnings that aren't that good. But when I listen to Brian Moynihan talking about how flush the consumer is, I wonder, the old days, they all were levered, and we were fine. Now they're flush, and we're negative. <laughs> There's something very wrong. Right. I sold 14% treasuries when I got to Goldman. And, I, you know, people are like, wow, I guess I got to yeah. do that because it's Armageddon. Now we have 2% 30 years, and people are saying it's the end of the world. 2%. I sell them 14. I still got, you know, just, that paper's just rolling over. You know, you, you sell those long bonds, and the now vol- they're the getting The Volcker two. paper. The Volcker paper. Yeah. Um, so is it better that they're making 2%? I, I don't know. Well, but to your point, J.P. Morgan shares not doing much of anything after that quarterly report yesterday, but Bank America shares are very strong, up over 2.5%. Well, because it was, a, it, it was an amazing quarter. And by the way, they're very, very digital. Younger right. people like digital. Um, uh, those, you know, the Zell is actually is. a hit. Yeah. Uh, do you sell? Uh, I do, actually. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I used it this oh, weekend I like to pay Zell. somebody. Yeah. Um, guys, I did want to talk, and of course, this is one of Jim's favorite subjects, about, uh, as we take a look at Bank of America shares, uh, about AT&T. Uh, it got an, uh, caught an upgrade today, and I think a market reform somewhere. I like the upgrade. But I don't know if people have noticed the decline in shares of AT&T, uh, T-Mobile, and Verizon. There's a lot of price competition, and it's not just coming from the three of them as they offer various subsidies. Oh, my God, are you going to go cable? Are you going to go cable? I'm going cable. I'm going cable. The MBNOs. For our parent company, Comcast, and for Charter, they've been very aggressive lately in terms of offering pricing and new plans uh, for potentially luring in wireless customers. And look what's happening to stocks just in the last week. They have, they've all sold off at over 5%. You can see it there. T-Mobile's down 7.5%. AT&T over 5.5%. That despite the fact that you've had a lot of analysts coming out and citing their overbuild in terms of competing with cable with fiber at AT&T, yeah. and that being a real competitive threat to the likes of Charter bad. or even Comcast, our parent company. Uh, but all those stocks have been very weak. Verizon even down today. You're talking down 12%, for, over, almost 13% for the year there. AT&T down 11.5%. And T-Mobile down 12.5%, Jim. T-Mobile? What are you looking at my notes? Well, this is incredibly bad numbers. What are you doing? These look like the glasses that but, your dentist wears, yeah. right? Well, but I, yeah, I feel like I need some Novocaine when I look at these cable numbers. Are you numbers. a diamond merchant? What are you doing? Forty Seventh Street, man. You get some prices. Yeah, I have to tell you that the decline in these stocks is just amazing, and I am willing right now, right here, to say that ATT is done going down. People got that dividend. That was the last dividend, remember? Yes. Now all those people have exited. All the people who wanted that dividend. Now the people who are left are either completely brain dead, and it doesn't matter. The Vegas nerve has been chopped in two, and they've had their kind of like one floor of the cuckoo nest. So you got a lot of those guys. Okay. And yet people are saying maybe there's some value here. I am now saying at 25, even though I despise them, I'm saying it's okay. Really? Yeah. You had to put in the despise there, huh? Well, I, I like. Okay. I'm a big all believer right. in single you know source what? of truth. They'll take it. They'll take it. Well, good. Yeah. Hey, listen, it all can be forgiven, but yeah. Um, Let me get the, where's the numbers again? When we come back, uh, the Jeopardy champ uh, who had a million and a half dollar run, Matt Amodio, is going to join us live. Look at treasuries, though, as we keep an eye on the bond market and the 10-year yield. Overall, with the S&P at 4,400, uh, you got health care uh, definitely helping out. All 5% gainers in the S&P are health care. Uh, all averages are positive for the week, and that 10-year wow. yield is uh, back below 154. UNH up 20. This is Squawk on the Street. Thank you, Johnny Gilbert, and welcome back, everybody. Longtime Jeopardy champion Matt Amodio's 38-game streak. Well, it came to an end earlier this week, but he did come away with recognition uh, for what is the second longest consecutive wins in the show's history, and also about a little over a million and a half bucks in earnings. He continues to be a Ph.D. student, from New Haven, Connecticut, and he joins us now. Matt, it's nice to have you, uh, and congrats, of course. Thank you so much. My pleasure to be here. Wow. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I hate to start on a bad memory, Matt. Obviously, I had a lot of good ones from our week together, and you went on from so many more uh, uh, winning days. But 
When you lost, I wonder, were you shocked? Could you actually process it and say, wait a second, I have to leave now? Uh, yeah, a little bit surprised, but not too surprised. I had anticipated this moment uh, 38 times prior to my 39th game. And every time before that, I happened to win. But I knew it was always a possibility. You did, yeah. Uh, well, what do you, uh, and again, a, a question, you know, given that streak, what do you attribute it to? What do you attribute the fact that you were able to pull it out time and again? Oftentimes, you really did not even have serious competition heading into Final Jeopardy. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a lot of rhythm. Uh, once you get into a groove, you're remembering things that you didn't even know you knew. Your timing uh, on the signaling device is perfect, and it's uh, it, it's just it's a great feeling. It, it feels good, yeah. and then it can disappear. Uh, it can, although I did notice occasionally you seem to ring in and know that you might know the answer, but it didn't seem to be there right away. I mean, and you gave yourself a few seconds, and then you came up with it. Is that true? Were you still sort of... <laughs> kind of cogitating while you while, while after ringing in absolutely it was like a two-step process of recognition and then uh cognition so uh do i think i'm gonna know it and then if so ring in and hopefully i will know it <laughs> yeah all right well let's get to the bigger question now and the one that i tweeted of course sometime back for when you did uh finally end your streaks come on what are you going to do with, you know, what is a sizable amount of money, Matt? And obviously Jim Cramer's here as well. Do you have any ideas at this point? Yeah, I, I've got the boring answer. I'm going to do long-term invest and hold. So uh, I, I'm, I'm not there on the day-to-day uh, -day trading. Uh, it's too much for me to keep track of. But, you know, index funds uh, paired with a small amount of bonds with yearly uh, uh, rebalancing. Like, what? How can you go wrong, right? Well, Matt, you don't. First of all, geez, you are an American hero. And this is the first time my kids have ever watched this show because they love you so much. They cheered you every time. Sometimes they thought you should have put more in uh, for final. They thought that you held back. Uh, but they just <laughs> admire your level of play. I mean, it was like watching the Queen's Gambit. I mean, I cannot believe how much they did. I just had to put that out there. Matt, why didn't you need any bonds at all? You're a young guy. Why not put something like 60% and more aggressive and 40% less aggressive? And you're, you're getting that PhD from the from a from a town called New Haven. No, he's not. <laughs> you have your whole life in front of you. I don't think you should own any bonds at all. That, all right, interesting. Yeah. So what? Uh, in a uh, in a long term dip, though, isn't it nice to be able to buy some at a, a lower uh, lower price? Be able to get back in. Keep, wow. Yeah. Keep. That's right. I mean, okay. I wanted you to keep. I thought you were going long longer term bonds. To keep some cash around for the dips is brilliant, as you are. And I would do that. I recommend that. I've got about 7% of cash in my charitable trust waiting for the big dip. And I think that you should follow us, join our investing club. And I get a kick out of you, man. You are so much fun. You are. No, I'm not kidding. I mean, we, we're a Jeopardy family. And you're just different. You're fun from the day that you were on. We said, we got a champ here. We got a champ. David, it, this guy is a champ. He, he was certainly during my week, without a doubt. Uh, and it is, it is high praise well. indeed. It is high praise indeed for Jim Cramer to call me fun. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Matt, you know, I won't. Of course, one record that will never be beat is uh, playing with six different hosts, as you did. Uh, of course, I won't ask you your favorite. I think we all can guess, but no, I won't ask. Um, but I will ask, are you back to actually going after this Ph.D. Uh, that we all heard about uh, every single night? And where did things stand, by the way, in your education? Yeah, absolutely. So I never went away. It was always a bit much juggling everything with Jeopardy as well as my normal uh, PhD life. But it is nice to be able to focus entirely on that now. So I'll, I'll hopefully be graduating uh, at the end of the school year and I'll be looking for uh, for jobs, uh, uh, faculty positions, that, that kind of thing. I'd love to be a professor long term. And hopefully this uh, po uh, positive publicity helped me a little bit in that. <laughs> Yeah, well, and as well, being a long-term investor, as you say, could help uh, fortify you as you, uh, as you take on professorship. Matt, uh, uh, all the best to you. Congratulations Thank on a you. great run. Uh, so wow. very happy to have uh, shared that stage with you for those five games and uh, to have you on this morning as well. Thank, Thank you. you for getting CeCe and Emma to watch Squawk on the Street. First time ever. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> all right.
Matt Amodio. Carl? Oh, we got one more viewer. Oh, that's a good thing. When we come back, Morgan Stanley's chairman and CEO, James Gorman, uh, with the Dow still holding on to gains, almost 400 points. Don't go away. Well, Matt Amodio was a great treat from Jeopardy, but we've got another treat when it comes to the financial world. Morgan Stanley's James Gorman. Now, Morgan Stanley's stock are appropriately higher after what I regard as being just a simply great quarter. Chairman CEO James Gorman, welcome to Squawk on the Street. Thank you for uh, for coming in and talk about how well your uh, your bank is doing. Happy to do it as long as you don't ask me to go on Jeopardy, Jim. <laughs> no, we're going to hold off on that. That's it. <laughs> Different, different subject. But you know what? You deserve to be on because, you know, what is the best wealth management business in the world? $300 billion in new money this year? What is happening that people can bring in $300 billion in wealth management? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, the team's done an unbelievable job. Um, the, the reality is we're managing, you know, over $4 trillion, nearly $4.5 trillion. And with success comes success. We have a lot of clients who feel very comfortable with the brand, the platform, the technology we've invested in through E-Trade. I mean, it's just, it's all come together. This has sort of been our dream for over a decade. And finally, we're seeing the fruits of it. I mean, 12 years ago, so I think our assets were about 500 billion. So they've gone up eight, nine times in that period. And as you know, this is very sticky money. It's a great business, so we're thrilled. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's At one point, Morgan Stanley, before you came in, had what I regarded as episodic earnings. There'd be good and then bad, good and then bad, and therefore it's very hard to give a price earnings multiple. The business that you're bringing in, uh, including, by the way, E-Trade, is really sticky and steadily grow, growth, secular growth. And I'm wondering what you, uh, when you sit around your board meetings, doesn't someone say, you know what, how come we're still at 12 times earnings? Because this is a secular growth story. It's not cyclical. I'm trying to understand why you're not given a greater price earnings multiple. Yeah, well, it's it's getting there. I mean, to be fair, we were, you know, we were sub 10, and I thought that was just nuts. Um, we're now managing, if you put wealth and asset management together, which give us the balance, that's about six and a half trillion. On that, we're generating revenues of over 30 billion. Just that's, and that's very sticky. But on the other hand, the investment bank, and what it's done, the, the resurgence of fixed income after it was restructured dramatically in 2015, you know, equities number one, the investment bank itself and M&A is on fire, the equity underwriting. So, Jim, it's this ballast and speed concept that I've talked about. And, you know, we, we're starting to get the multiple. I mean, we're getting the recognition. You look at some of the other pure wealth players in the marketplace, they're trading at, you know, 20, 30 times earnings. You know, we'd love a piece of that. And I think our investors are starting to understand that. So it's getting there. Well, I think it is. I mean, if you added buy now, pay later, I guess we get 30 times earnings. Uh, yeah. I'm always struggling about the love of Robin Hood and how important it is. And I want to stack that up against you. And I want you to include a company that you bought uh, at the time. It was, it was called Solium, but it's a company that you've made into ShareWorks. Yeah. What, who is a younger investment base and whose base is larger? Well, first, I have a lot of respect for Robinhood. I mean, what they're doing, introducing a lot of young investors to the marketplaces. I know you've said this, and I believe that's a, that's a good thing. And as long as they're prudently investing, they understand the markets go up, but they also go down. Then, you know, we're, they've, got, they've got a real winner. So a lot of respect for what those guys have done. Uh, but, you know, we, we've sort of done the same thing. Uh, but we've done it within the Morgan Stanley platform and brand, so maybe it doesn't get that kind of recognition. Solium's a technology company. I mean, that's basically 300 programmers. That gave us an opportunity to get into the workplace space between Solium and E-Trade and our existing business. We're touching over 13 million households, and they're wealthy households, right? There's significant money. And by the way, they want to borrow, and they want to park their cash there. They're taking out mortgages. So it's got multiple verticals that we can we can go after to help these people find financial stability. And that's what I'm really excited about is the combination of the traditional advisor model, the E-Trade Direct model, and the Solium E-Trade Morgan Stanley Workplace model, where you're getting people at work, you're getting them online, and you're getting them through an advisor. And that, to me, is the magic mousetrap. James, it's David. Uh, you know, I'm looking at your stock price, which is not doing much of anything right now. And I'm wondering, is it be, perhaps because people think when it comes to capital markets, 
this thing just can't keep going at this rate. Uh, you pointed it out, of course, whether it's fixed income or now equities, uh, you know, the outperformance of expectations, the percentage gains year over year from 19. I don't know if you've ever seen anything like this in your career, but can it continue at this rate? Oh, sure, sure it can. And, and listen, the market... You know, I, I don't have a problem when I see the market if our stock is at 100 bucks. I don't know. I haven't, can't look at the screen right now because I'm looking at your camera. Uh, but we're, we're at, at or about that. You know, we were $50 a year ago. The stock was up 34%, I think, in 2020 during COVID. We're up 40 plus percent this year already. I mean, it's, it's you know, the market cap is over 180B and it's had a phenomenal run. Uh, but there's a whole lot more to go. I mean, if you if you take that thread that Jim was pulling on, about the multiple expansion and you take the fact that we've built these enormous businesses that have huge scale advantages and and to operate on a global basis as you know david in m a and capital yeah. markets cross-border stuff that's not an easy lift you don't just turn up one day and say that's a business i want to be in you've got to build that over decades so i think they're incredibly resilient the share gains that we've done through the institutional side under ted's leadership you know, have worked out great, and and I think it's going to keep going. I'm I'm really positive on the story. You do. We can't I mean, control I want, you know, obviously we, the broader market environment. No, so, but we right, but we watch. You know, I mean, we're here at the New York Stock Exchange. We see the listings happen for a long time. It was Chinese companies, then it was SPACs, then it was now it's just straight IPOs. Um, that's one part of capital markets activity. But you really expect that you're always. I mean, that you're going to maintain these kinds of growth rates when it comes to equities under fixed income. For the next year or two? Well, I can, you know, I, I, yeah, we're not going to compound at this level, but look at some of the other no. things going on. I mean, you've got global GDP growth in pretty much every major economy in the world is going through global GDP growth. We've got enormous fiscal stimulus. We've got record low interest rates. People want to transact. You've got the, you know, the move from uh, commercial lending to capital markets across all of Europe is still in the very early days. So, you know, I'm, I'm not uncomfortable in, in saying we've got, we clearly have a growth platform out there. Whether it will be at the level we're seeing right now in M&A, obviously not. That's, our pipeline suggests that's with us for a while to come, but that's not going to be, you know, over the next five years, we're not going to maintain that kind of growth. But the, the resilience of the model, the scale advantages, we've got the efficiency ratio now under 70%. I mean, all these things are real. Then when you've doubled the dividend, which we did, you're giving investors you know, a 2.8% yield at 100 bucks. I mean, that's not for nothing, right? And you're buying back about 3% of stocks, so investors are getting a return of 7% before we get any of that growth. James, one of the headlines from the call was about crypto, where you said it's not a huge part of the business demand from our clients. Uh, is that because it's early days? Do you expect that to change? You know, Carl, it's, you know, I've said this before. I think crypto, you know, it's not a fad. It's not going away. Um, and obviously the blockchain technology supporting it is a real innovation. We're not seeing among very wealthy clients, they might put, you know, I, I talk to people, maybe 1% of their portfolio in it. Nobody's putting 10% of their portfolio into it. So it's an interesting thing. I mean, a lot of people want to participate. They don't know how crypto is ultimately going to play out. I see, you know, Bitcoin this morning, I think it's trading, I don't know, 55,000, knocking on 60,000. So a lot of people made a lot of money on it, but it's not... It's not a core part of their diversification strategy. It's an option that they're playing out and with very wealthy people. Now, with some of the younger folks, it's, it's different. They, they're using, they've got less money at risk. And frankly, at their age and stage in life, they can take more risks. So you're seeing more, more interest at that level. E-Trade had much more interest than the traditional Morgan right. Stanley client base. That makes sense. Uh, it, James, you have uh, drawn a line in the sand with people coming to work, uh, people showing up. Being able to judge someone who's a first-year associate, second-year, third, very traditional, and I've always felt very right. Uh, pushback? Uh, people think that you're wrong? People not wanting to go to Morgan Stanley versus other places? What, what is the culture right now on this issue? Yeah, I, I don't think there's been a decision I've made that I haven't had some pushback. It's, I tell people you don't get just the good bits of being a leader. You get the good and bad bits, and some of it is people don't like it when you make decisions. Uh, and by the way, that, that counts for everything from what you put in programming on the show to, you know, what's going on in politics. So that's OK. I can deal with that. And, you know, fundamentally what I said was and, you know, the quote I used, which got a lot of attention, was if you can go to a restaurant, you can go to the office. What I didn't say, Jim, was and you've got to be in the office five days a week forever. Right. Clearly, we've moved to a more flexible work environment. 
but we'd like to see people in and around their colleagues at least several days a week. I mean, let's, that's how we do our best work. That's where our best innovation happens from bringing people together and training and developing them. I mean, it's okay for me working from home. I've, I'm at the tail end of my career. For the kids who are 25, they want to be in and around and learn from the seniors. So again, we'll be flexible and we are being flexible, um, but we still want to see you in the office some of the time, job dependent, et cetera. We've had some folks, as you would imagine, on the trading force, they've been in five days a week from the get-go and that's what their job demanded. Client-facing right. people have to do what the clients want. So we'll be flexible, but we're certainly intentional. I think it's very important to share your learning and development skills with the young kids. Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt. I do sense frustration from some of your peers, James, though, in, in terms of people not showing up on Fridays. And yet knowing at this point, as you say, flexibility is part of the allure for other employers uh, and seems to be something that you simply have to provide regardless of whether you want to. Do you agree? I don't know. I mean, David, um, you know, it's interesting. Some of the early companies that came out and said you can absolutely do whatever you like in terms of working, they've retracted from that. I mean, it's not every employee gets to choose exactly how they work in the same way they don't choose how they get paid or when they get promoted. There's, now, there's got to be a balance in this. So, but you're not going to please everybody on this topic. What I've said is between now and the end of the year, we're still in the category of what can we do from a health and safety. In New York City, for example, we, we require you to be vaccinated to come into the buildings. Guess what? 96% of our employees are vaccinated and they showed us their attestation cards. Other parts of the world, they're not even open. You know, Australia, where I grew up, I mean, they're, they're barely opened the economy up yet. They're still, you know, in lockdown phases in different parts of the country. By 2022-23, then we'll really see what the right model is by business group and then by individual. Well, I've got to tell you, James, the stock is down, which is a rare opportunity because this was a great quarter. My travel trust owns it. We talk about it a lot when it comes to uh, the CNBC Investing Club. And I just can't thank you enough for coming on uh, and explaining why your bank is different and positive and I think much better than almost everybody else in the industry. James Gorman, CEO, Morgan Stanley. Thanks to be there, guys. And by the way, the stock being down is not all bad news. We are in the middle of a big buyback program, so I'm okay uh, retiring <laughs> to guys along the way. There you go. All right. Meanwhile, Jim, um, it's safe to say you are encouraged by the action today. Look, I just think that we're, we're groping for a bottom. There'll be something else that happens tomorrow that we'll hear is a hot inflation number. We'll, we'll hear somebody else say that there's still tremendous supply chain problems. What I'm urging people to realize is we will work through it. And, I, I, and Exhibit A is Apple. I mean, two days ago, we heard that Apple was in giant trouble, that they're not going to be able to make it for Christmas. Now, then you start thinking about the satisfaction level of what people get. Uh, from the phone. Then you look at what David talked about with the telcos and how they're desperate to be able to grow. The way to grow is to give them the Apple phone. So just because they don't make it this quarter, they will make it the next quarter. And the stock going up and up nicely tells me there's some people thinking a little more than just 36 hours. The Mayfly market may be (laughs) ending. I want the Mayfly. Okay. Okay. I want you to read No Exit tonight. No Exit, right? Okay, that will really, and then we'll get a little dialogue going. Got it. All right, a little dialogue. A little back and forth. Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, Domino's tonight. Yeah, we're going to find out what's going on there because Domino's has been such a huge winner for our viewers, and I'm not giving up. I think it's really important. And good luck to the Eagles. I will be there. Now, now, uh, Lyra, uh, we have this guy, Ron. Leo Ron. He actually is in charge of logistics of getting truck drivers for Uber. And Lear, it, it, he is the real deal. We're going to find out what the truck shortage is about. And believe me, I think you're going to find out there is no shortage. Yep. All right. All right. All right. There's no Zool. <laughs> I am only Zool. Zool. Yes, there's only <laughs> Zool. Jim, we'll see you at 6. Uh, Mad Money uh, with Jim Cramer. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. 